This is Making Rounds, your source for information and inspiration about great things happening at the South Central region of IU Health. Hey there, welcome to Making Rounds. This is Terry DeMattis, and I am the host of this podcast that is all about IU Health and the South Central region and the many exciting things that we have going on here. And today I am excited to have our very first guest, Brian Shockney, the president of the IU Health South Central region. Welcome, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here, and I know the folks that are going to get to listen to this podcast are going to really be uh, well-informed about things that we have going on, as well as about you as an individual and a person, and and what makes you such a special leader for our region. Yeah, it's great Um, to be here. So um, I know we have a lot to talk about sort of in present day, but I'd sort of like to begin with where it all began for you in terms of healthcare. And I know that you've spoken about your father and the influence that he's had on you in your career. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my dad uh, was a VP of HR for a hospital for many years before he retired. And, you know, first of all, as a child, he taught great work ethic um, and he taught us to respect all people and all all backgrounds uh, and really serve our communities. And so when my, unfortunately, my grandmother uh, early on in my childhood uh, had breast cancer and uh, was, that was before all the treatments they have today. And so she was in the hospital many months with breast cancer and treatments uh, before she passed. And my dad was working there at the time, so I was able to spend a lot of time in the hospital. And of course, back then, you know, you you had to be 18 years old or older to be able to (laughs) go into the rooms and spend time. So I spent a lot of time on the nurse's station. And those were the days when the nurses were all in white and their hats and, you know, they even smoked on the nurse's station. And it it was a nostalgic time in healthcare. And so then uh, he would also have me file, type in his office, uh, different things, uh, and really fell in love with the healthcare environment and the compassion that healthcare brings and the healing of hands and the touching of people. And that really spoke to me. Uh, So I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. And so um, I really focused on my bachelor's degree in business and then uh, did my master's degree in health administration at the Med Center in Indianapolis and went on after a year's residency uh, in administration to pursue my career. Started out, though, in the ED as an ED tech and registrar and on midnights, and I had a nursing supervisor who was just a great mentor to me because there were a couple of us that worked there. She would take me out on rounds with her and she allowed me to see things that most people don't get to see uh, who are not clinical um, caregivers um, or licensed clinical caregivers and really fell in love more with healthcare and the things that we do for uh, those who trust their lives to us. Well, that's a great story. And another story that I heard you tell recently was during your childhood, your family would actually go out on the road and perform together. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I have a very talented family, um, extended family as well. Um, actually, a bit of trivia here, my uncle played the organ for the Colorado Rockies baseball team when they first started out in Denver, and we used to go out and visit and and um, be able to spend some time out there. Uh, but my cousin, Uh, were the same age as me and my sister. My mom was a music teacher. And so we uh, started, you know, doing the 
Lions Clubs and Kiwanis and, you know, American Legion, those kind of things. And so my grandmother, who was quite a character, decided we should take the show on the road. And so we went on the road and we did some variety show kind of stuff and did homecomings at different uh, church events and those kind of things. But we traveled quite a bit and our weekends were pretty full uh, with, uh, especially around holiday times. And, uh, you know, the uh, craziest thing we ever did, my grandmother dressed us up like, this was within the days of Laugh-In. So if you know Roseanne, uh, Roseanne, Roseanne, Dana, and Edith Ann, and Laugh-In, and Roseanne, Roseanne, Dana of uh, Saturday Night Live. And so she made us these costumes, and we were all of probably 13 or 14 years old, and we had these toddler outfits on and, you know, big bow ties. And so it taught us, you know, did different acting kind of things as well as as voice and, and music. And uh, it really taught us to be in front of a crowd, but also how to uh, greet people, how to take your personality and, and use it for good. And so that's, uh, I guess, you know, people would say I probably have a gregarious uh, personality and that formed a lot of that and has helped me uh, specifically in my work, uh, especially as, you know, I've this is my fourth hospital, a uh, fourth community, and to be able to meet people and greet people and get involved in the community, um, it's really given me a leg up in that area. Well, one of the things that I enjoy about working with you is how much you like to bring fun to the workplace, too. And so I think that performer <laughs> element in your past certainly helps uh you be open-minded to all kinds of interesting things that we do. <laughs> well, now transitioning to today, yeah. you have a big project going on that you're working on with your team. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, if you've driven on the 4546 bypass, you see some big cranes out there. And we are uh, in partnership with Indiana University. IU Health and Indiana University are building a regional academic health center. And so we are moving our campus uh, where the hospital and healthcare has been delivered for many years in this community and moving it out and creating uh, not only be remaining as a community hospital um, for this region, but becoming a regional academic health center. So what does that mean? It means that we're going to really be focused on more research and we're going to be focused more on educating the caregivers of tomorrow. And so the IU School of Social Work, the School of Speech and Hearing, the School of Medicine, School of Nursing are all going to be co-located there in that building. We're going to share a lot of space, classrooms, uh, common areas, and really move toward an interprofessional education model where students can learn in an experiential way uh, versus didactic in the classroom uh, on a continuous basis. So uh, accelerate their learning. I'm a very visual learner and I'm a very hands-on learner. I love to read. Um, I read voraciously, but uh, I learn more when I have the ability to put my hands on what I'm learning and also see it. Uh, in action. And so that's uh, an environment we're creating there. Um, it's going to be a very different model of care that we're providing. You know, because of our facilities, we're unable to move to the new levels and in, in way we treat patients. We still have semi-private rooms uh, where we are, and uh, we really treat patients the same. So whether you're there for surgery and just stay in late at night, or whether you're just going to be there overnight to, you know, we tune you up and get you home or whether you're there for five days you all go in the same rooms and we treat you the same way and that's not where healthcare is uh, is going in the future so we're we're really taking a lot of time to develop this this healthcare delivery of the future 
And it's not only delivery uh, in the home, so focusing on where can we deliver home uh, healthcare in the home better to patients so they don't have to go to a facility, a healthcare facility. Um, also in their uh, clinics, where, where can we move more of the outpatient care? And then uh, if they have to go to a hospital setting uh, or an outpatient facility setting, then making sure that we're able to care for them in, in that setting. So lots of changes for not only our employees, but also for our community and the way we deliver care. Well, it is certainly exciting to see everything going up there. I know our community is very excited about it. I get a lot of comments. I'm sure you do too. And Yeah, I think, you know, the part we don't talk about is the economic development. This is $557 million. So over half a uh, a billion dollars is being spent in this community, largest investment in this community in many years. And uh, at the peak of our construction, which will be sometime after the first quarter of 2020, we'll have over 600 workers at that site on a daily basis. And those are workers coming from all over. There are workers who are staying here in hotels. There are workers who are uh, buying food, buying gas, um, all of those things. And so it really is a, a strong economic uh, input to our community here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, a very uh, difficult or to orchestrate project, uh, but it's an exciting thing. And uh, one of the main reasons I came to Bloomington uh, is this project. And this is a once in a lifetime, once in a career opportunity. We're also being sort of true to our history and the pride of the region in this project. Can you discuss a few ways that's happening? Yeah, so we want to carry on the history and honor the history of Bloomington Hospital and IU Health uh, Bloomington Hospital and all the care that's been provided. So um, we're going to do that both electronically and in physical form in the new facility. Um, If you've been to other hospitals around the state, around the nation. We visited many, and we've seen how they've uh, taken the history and documented it in electronic form where people can come into the facility and you know, have electronic books. They can touch pages and turn, but also then there's, there's a call for physical recognition of uh, pictures and uh, plaques and those kind of things as well. So we'll honor that, that history. Um, as we go forward, though, we're really bringing in what we're calling the shades of Southern Indiana. My wife and I also moved down here because we vacation down here a lot, and we love Southern Indiana and knew that this is where we want to kind of fin- spend our years of, of toward retirement and, and uh, retirement, and we uh, just love to be in this, this area. And so we're incorporating all the beautiful scenery, hills, water, sky, everything, Uh, that Southern Indiana has to offer. So every level of the uh, building will have a different theme. So whether it's brooks and streams or hills or trees or sky. Uh, And then we're also incorporating the artist community here. Uh, We had lots of artists who submitted over 400 uh, pictures for art. And we're going to do some mosaics with that art. We're going to have pictures and Really, uh, when when people come into this facility from this region, they will certainly feel that and understand that they're in the region, um, that they're here, and and we're bringing the outside of this region into the inside of this facility. Yeah. So you bring up an interesting point there that um, you know our region is beyond just Bloomington, and while this Bloomington project has a lot of eyeballs on it because it is very 
uh, large and expensive. You also are deeply concerned about the health care that we offer outside of Bloomington in the rural communities. Why is that important? Yeah, so, you know, health care is best, as I said earlier about home, you know, delivered in the home where we can deliver it. Health care is best delivered close to home. We know that it's not just us who receive the health care. But uh, when, when someone's in the hospital or getting surgery or going to the doctor, the family members are a part of that care as well. And whether it's family or whether it's your neighbors or it's the communities that you connect with, if we take people out of those communities, the healing is more difficult. You heal better when you have people surrounding you that, you, that care about you, that can be with you, and uh, we can connect you back to your community quicker. And then also from a uh, development, if we continue to bring everything to large cities, we will no longer have health care in those rural areas, and it will devastate those areas. Uh, I lived in a small town growing up and started my career in rural health care. And in the small town I grew up, they closed the school after I graduated high school, and it devastated that community. And, um, you know, there's a place and time for all of that and, and good decisions, you know, around some of that. But where it come, when it comes to health care, my philosophy has always been deliver as much as you can in the community where people live. And so a um, couple things that have occurred just recently in my tenure, we've opened a walk-in clinic and some expanded access to primary care in, in Bedford, Indiana. We just announced that we're... Um, going to put $4 million of investment in a walk-in clinic and some primary, additional primary care in Paoli, Indiana. Uh, we've spent um, over $10 million in those two communities in the last couple years in new technology for those communities so they don't have to drive elsewhere. And then we've also uh, implemented what we call a hospitalist program. We were seeing really low census, uh, inpatient census. Most of the uh, patients who needed inpatient care were being uh, brought here to Bloomington. And so now we're retaining much more of those uh, patients in their communities where their family, loved ones, and their church and neighborhood neighborhood communities can surround them. So coming back to Bloomington is sort of a dream for you because you are a huge IU fan. I am. And I know you have an IU room at your house and you have a lot of IU stuff in your office. I do. What's your most interesting IU keepsake? Well, beside my two diplomas. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Those are my most, most favored. Um, I have a couple of things. My executive team, uh, several years ago, one of my executive teams got me a three foot by four foot canvas of Assembly Hall in its height. Those are the Bobby Knight days. And uh, it's one of his last games there. Um, it's a very nice overhead shot. And I that that's the center of every whenever I've moved, you know, that's my IU room and that's the center wall, the <laughs> focus of my IU room. And I, you know, I love IU basketball and always have. Um, although I'm growing much more fond of IU football now that I'm here. I've gone to games and driven down here with my son and family to some games, but now I'm becoming more of a fan here in the fall now that we live here. But there's another keepsake that I really love, and it's a, it's a Indiana limestone, shape of Indiana. My daughter got it for me. Um, she was at a yard sale with her now fiancé several years ago and there was a guy who was a big IU fan in Purdue territory no less and he was selling a lot of his IU stuff he had a, his house was full of IU stuff and it was because of uh, life circumstances was having to downsize and, and move 
And so she purchased a lot of IU things for me. But this limestone Indiana paperweight, I could tell had been well-worn, um, whether it was in his profession on his desk or somewhere. And it had an IU emblem in the center. And, you know, it just really spoke to me. It spoke to her and it spoke to me. And I thought, you know, how many years has this guy used this and really spoke to him, you know, being an IU fan, another a fellow IU fan. I've never met the guy. I don't know if my daughter could find his house again. But I, you know, I, I carry that forward that sits on the desk in my IU room. And you know, I hope someday that someone will take that IU paperweight and, and do the same. Um, see that it's worn and see that it's lived. I Maybe it's lived through his father or something. I don't know. But you could tell it had been uh, worn and handled quite a bit. And uh, it's just special. Yeah, that's a good pay it forward story. We can always count on you for remembering the National Ice Cream Day or the Hot Dog Day. If you could create a day that would become known around the country, what would that day be? Well, you know, yesterday we celebrated uh, National uh, Bowling League Day. Um, And so my wife went to a Walmart and bought some plastic bowling pins and bowling balls, and we were bowling down the hallways of administration. So that was fun. You know, always try to, you're right, always try to change it up, uh, at least try to once a week celebrate a day if we can. You know, there is a um, a be kind day, uh, but, you know, one thing that I would create is, and I kind of look at, you know, what days are out there ahead of time, at least a few months ahead of time, would be kind to someone who isn't kind to you or someone that you uh, be kind to someone who you have conflict with. This world is in need of some people who would reach out to those who struggle, uh, who they struggle with. And having lived through a few of those situations, one in my own personal family where reconciliation occurred about 20 years later, the power of that reconciliation, you, you know, and I think everyone listening probably can know that when there is a conflict with someone, when it's healed, you feel so much better. And, and that relationship usually is strengthened more so than it was prior to the strain on the relationship. And so if we could just be intentional and have a national day where we focus on reaching out to someone, whether it's sending them a Facebook post, liking them on Facebook, giving them a call, having lunch with them, saying, I'm sorry, whatever, but be kind to someone who's not kind to you or be kind to someone that um, you have conflict with or that's that's wronged you. I, I know that we would all be better off. That's a, that's a really great idea, and it really does align with the IU Health values um, that you're such a great ambassador for of team, excellence, purpose, and compassion. So I think maybe we can get that one on the book somehow. I yeah, we could create great. our own maybe. Yeah, we could. <laughs> um, so in closing, I, I just would really like to ask you, you've done a lot in your career. You've had a lot of successes. You've had challenges that you've overcome. What one thing would be most important to you to be remembered for when you do retire? Yeah, so I keep on my phone a Wes Baden-Powell quote, to leave things better than you found them. And every time I have made a transition in my life, um, or if someone you know has transitioned from the organization that I'm leading, or if I've been a chair of a board or something of that nature in a community, I always want people to say that I left things better than I found them. And one specific way I do that is investing in people. The biggest compliment that can be paid to me is when someone um, goes on to lead uh promoted or leads or develops themselves in a way that they never thought they could develop. And 
I've had several executive team members who have gone on to be CEOs of organizations and uh, others who have gone on to get um, higher level degrees. And, you know, if I could be a a small part of that, then that's success to me. You know, just leaving the world better than I found it and also in community. But from a professional standpoint, um, investing in people and making sure that they um, look back and say, yeah, uh, Brian invested in me and I'm better for it. Well, Brian, it's a privilege to work with you. I know you're doing a great job for our region, for our team. And I really want to thank you for being the very first guest yeah, of this podcast. <laughs> and looking forward to having you back again in the future. Perhaps we might even co-host one at yeah. some point in the future. But again, I think it was a great dialogue. And um, just thank you once again. Yes. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or ideas for guests or topics for future episodes, email us at makingrounds at iuhealth.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.